This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by the Riverside Cafe, the perfect place for a pre-match pint. Welcome to the Wednesday Week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm James and, um, well, it's penultimate game of the season time, so we're trying a bit of an experimental formation. So we're going 1-1, because there's just two of us this evening. Uh, I'm very pleased to be joined by uh, Peter Lerman. Uh, hi there, Peter. Hello. Um, now, it's a, it's an intimate affair. There's just the two of us, but there's a fair few miles between us because are you you're you're in the middle of some woods or something in Denmark aren't you it's actually uh, the the only river delta in Denmark uh, it's in the in the far western part of Denmark so I'm actually a bit closer to uh, to the UK than I'm usually are uh, when when I'm in in Aarhus so <laughs> but it's it's still a fair way away it's 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 in the middle of nowhere really i can All see right. uh, i can see like the river and the and cows and lots of birds and, and that's pretty much it uh, if i go, if i go to my window and like wave you Probably you're a bit closer, but not close enough. Yeah, I'm guessing something yeah, like that. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Um, right, let's talk about some football first of all. Um, and last Saturday, see, it does feel like an age ago now. The Reading game. Uh, this was a hard one to call going into it because we obviously had nothing to play for. Uh, Reading, however, was still kind of at risk of being um, dragged into it, and you kind of thought maybe that they'd put a bit of a you know a, a, a bit of a show on, but. I mean, I've got to say, I thought they were probably the worst team that I've seen Wednesday play this season, even worse than Sunderland. They just had, I don't know what you thought, they, they had nothing. No, I mean, they, 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 they looked like the team that was on the beach and, and we were supposed to be that team, weren't, they? weren't we? So mm. I was quite surprised at how lethargic they were. But I mean, it's, it's a bit like a, a karma thing, isn't it? Because... They've been playing like like they're trying to drain the the soul out of the game for 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 the last season where, well they weren't really good but they still finished in the playoffs and, yeah. and well yeah nearly went to the Premier League didn't they? 
Yeah. So, I mean, this is just, uh, um, I mean, who can feel sorry for Reading? Um, and it's, 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 yes, as I say, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of like a karma payback that they, they are so, uh, so not into it. And yeah, I mean, the, the number of mistakes they make, basic mistakes like passes, five yard passes that didn't go to the man intended and, and stuff like that. It, it looked like us in, uh, in, in, in the end of December, start of January, didn't it? <laughs> it like, did, a team yeah. that, like a team that forgot how to play football. And it's just, yeah. It's it was so hard to believe that that's a team that less than twelve months ago was well you know a kick of a ball away from being in the Premier League. Just remarkable. I'm sure there's teams that have said the same about about us throughout this season, but um, you know we we all know the the many and varied reasons um, reasons for that. Um, first, I'll be first things first. I suppose we've got to touch on team selection because there, there was only really one major surprise, uh, which was Cameron Dawson getting the uh, the nod to start uh, between the sticks, and um, Jos seemed to suggest that that was going to be the case for the for the last two games of the season as well uh, to give him that bit of first team experience. And um, I, th- I think what a good move that is because here's a, a guy. Let's you know we don't know whether or not Kieran Westwood's going to be around le- next season, but let's say there's a chance that he isn't. Cameron Dawson is going to be, you know, our you know, backup goalkeeper. Um, and considering our record of goalkeeper injuries over the last couple of years, uh, could well be someone that we uh, we need to call upon. So that first team experience for him playing these three games is a is a great move, isn't it? It's uh, totally agree. Um, and and I mean, in, in some ways, he he could probably do do more uh, in in that vein uh, and introduce more of the youngsters into the team. As long as you have one or two experienced players um, in in, uh, in in like in the defence around an experienced defender and uh, in the semi midfield and, and and up front, uh, I think it's a great move because I mean, there's nothing at stake really. Whether we finish fifteenth or thirteenth or whatever, it doesn't really make a difference to our season. It makes a big difference for next season if we have players going into pre-season thinking, hey, I can play with these guys and uh, and I'm good enough and, and, and they can really throttle through um, in, in pre-season trying to win a place in the team, which we, we, we will be relying on youngsters next season. Maybe not so much in the, in the first team if, if all, everyone stays fit, but looking at this season, having those players ready to step in uh, at a moment's notice is really important. And I mean, Jos is, is certainly playing, it looks like a, a manager who's playing the long game, um, even with the rumours uh, around his future um, uh, about bounding. Um, so so he's, he's, he's making the smart move here, that's for sure. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it, it follows the, the, uh, the, the train of, um, of thinking he's, he's shown so far as a Wednesday manager that he's, he's not just thinking for the next game and the next game and the next game. He's thinking ahead um, and, and thinking maybe half a season ahead. And I mean, every every major club that is, is successful. Um, what what usually, if if you listen to like people on uh, who have insider knowledge of, of uh, transfers in football, they say uh, the major clubs they plan two, three transfer windows ahead, um, so they know which players they they want um, one and a half years down the line. I mean, that's the sort of thinking we need to go into, and 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 it looks like yours um, compared to to Cavahal, who, who who seemed more like a, a guy who who'd who's uh, Whose horizon was was the next game, and and then then he looked to the to the game after that after that. But um, I, I find it really encouraging, to be honest. Um, and I'm still definitely still on the fence about Luukai and and his uh, ability as a manager. But but um, I find it very encouraging that he's doing this. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll chat a bit more actually about transfer policies later on because Jos um, has. Uh, given a few kind of hints in interviews this week as to what 
sort of direction we're going to we're going to be going in um certainly in this kind of close uh, season uh, first first of all though, we've got we've got three goals to um to talk about all tremendous goals in their own right. Uh, Forestieri's uh, first goal, which did take a deflection, although I'm pretty certain it was going in um, anyway, which was uh, which was a very nice little goal. Uh, the second one, which which kind of came uh, from again from Forestieri's kind of determination not to um, not to, to give a ball up, not to let it go out for the um, for the corner, kept the ball alive, uh, and again a, a very nice uh, move with with reach playing the ball in, uh, nice run from Jordan Rhodes to create the space for George Boyd to stick the ball away. So two very nice goals, but we've got to dwell on the on the third goal. And um, I know our friends over in the uh, over in the states had quite a debate this week about whether or not that should be our goal of the season from um, from from Forestieri up against you know New Year's goal Adam Reach's goal. Uh, in its own way, I mean, this was something quite special because it kind of had everything, didn't it? Here's a guy that was you know he'd lost the ball like two or three times, sliding tackle on the floor, and then gets up and just thinks, you know what, I'm just gonna absolutely welly this. Um I think from the from the angle of the T V camera it sort of looks like it takes a deflection, but then there's someone on the north stand that was that was filming it on their phone and you see actually he did just literally put his laces through it and it flies into the top corner. It was just a thing of beauty. It was it was quite incredible and and I mean if in the old days when when football agents wanted to sell their players they'd send out uh, like VHS tapes um, for for the, <laughs> for the for the young kids out there that's a sort of DVD just uh, just a bit more fashion <laughs> uh, it's I mean because if you want to show first year as a player in in a in a fifteen second um, uh, clip that's that's it the tenacity um, the uh, the absolute uh, technique that he has. Uh, and I mean the, the the instinct really. That's what strikes me about that goal. The, the instinct, the um, burning desire to to be the difference uh, for the team. Um, and and I mean on his good days, he's he, he can be close to unplayable. Um, and obviously, as we talked about, Reading were were very um, passive, um, and that suits Bannon, that suits Forestieri especially, um, because he needs that space. Uh, he's not he's he's a quick player but he's not his acceleration isn't that that great um so he needs some space to 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 get up to speed before he he gets to a to a pace where he can uh, we can dribble people and where he can go past them uh, and reading gave him that and um and even when they tried to close him down as they did for this goal uh he, he still just uh, absolutely wanted it uh, i mean you can it's like uh it's like when spring comes around and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sitting in, in in the countryside now. It's like when they let out the cows uh, on the fields for the first time after they've been in the stable all, all winter. And it's the same with, with Pessy, isn't it? He's been in the stable, <laughs> the fitness room all, all winter, and, and now they let finally let him out on, on, on newly mowed grass. And he's he's like a yeah, or like a puppy going to the park. He's he's just yeah. absolutely overflowing with the the joy of playing football. And you, you can tell from his uh, Instagram and Twitter account as well. He's he's just posting all these pictures of, of him playing and, and being in training and what have you. So he's yeah. It just looks like a guy who loves playing football, and I mean, that is the bare essentials of it. If, if you don't have a team where players love to play football, what's the point? I mean, I, I saw an interview with uh, with uh, Pep Guardiola the, uh, the other day where he said um, at uh, La Masia, the, uh, the the Barcelona academy, um, that there was one rule if if um, that, he, that he told the players, young players, when he when he when he talked to them when he was uh, the head coach of Barcelona, if you're laying in bed um, in the evening and someone comes and asks you whether you want to go for a kickabout, if if uh, if you're not Saying instantly yes, then if you don't want football that much and you, you can't stop playing it, then it's not for you. You need to have that desire, and 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 uh, and and it's not really a passion for me. It's more like you can't help yourself playing football, and and 
to see Fessy playing like that, Forestier playing like that, uh, and 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 that goal there, that's that's especially that's something you really really like this season, where we had a lot of players who look like they couldn't wait to be uh, to, to to for the game to be over and and, and be on the way. Um, so it's just lovely seeing the joy of football. And I mean, yeah, <laughs> where has that been? It's been gone for for, for many months, hasn't it? Yeah, it it does make kind of such a difference, doesn't it? Having someone like I mean, Forestieri and Bannon really have been the two that that have really kind of changed our fortunes in the um, the latter half of the season. And I was reminded, um, I think I was chatting to one of my friends at the game at the weekend, and just re- reminding myself of that feeling of coming out after the Bolton game where they got that last minute equaliser, um, and that that feeling of genuinely just thinking i can't see where our next win is coming from like we were even when we were playing all right we weren't winning games you know everything was going against us um and it it just felt then like i just can't see where where this is coming from let alone get to a point whereby you know with with a few games of the season to go we're we're playing some you know, lovely football um, the crowd's enjoying it. The, there's a good relationship again between fans and uh, players uh, and the club as a, as a whole. It feels like a nice place to be around at the moment, which was so hard to see that coming a few weeks ago. I, I, you know, even if I thought if we, if we get out of this, it's still going to have been a terrible season. We're still going to go into the summer on such a downer. And yet it feels like we're ending the season on... You know, as much of a high as we um, as we can do, and I think Forestieri's got to take a huge amount of credit for for, for that. And it was interesting. Um, Chris Holt touched on this in a in, in a bit he did in the Star earlier, and I, I imagine there's a few people a bit like me who, twelve months ago, the back end of last season, saw a Forestieri who looked a bit out of sorts. Whether it was the kind of football we were playing that didn't suit him, whether he just lost a bit of interest, whether. I don't know whether he wasn't being managed correctly or, or whatever it might might be, or whether he was just carrying an injury, and we just you know, continued, persevered, trying to get him to place when when he just wasn't fit enough, and maybe he needed this however many months, you know, six months plus that he's been out get getting uh, his injury sorted. Maybe he genuinely needed that. I, I don't know what it is, and I'm I, I don't know if you agree, Peter. I don't really care. I'm just pleased to have Fernando back looking like the player that we you know first signed you know two and a half three years ago uh and now he's put himself you know he is the player that we will build this team around next season he 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 looks like that player again yeah um i think we need more than him though um i think there's uh, i mean in my view bannon has been uh, more decisive after coming back and I, I, I looked at it quickly i'm not i haven't double checked this but uh, i don't think after bannon came back from injury uh what about six games ago? We've, we've, he's he's not played been on the pitch when Wednesday've been behind in that time, uh, which is quite extraordinary. And and you can see the difference it made. I mean, I went I went to the uh, to the Fulham game. Uh, I was in the South Stand for that, um, and you can see the difference it made on the team. Um, I mean, there's no atmosphere in the South Stand, but the view is excellent. So you can really see the uh, the tactical stuff going on. And and uh, the moment he went off, we just dropped ten yards off off the pace. And and so in in my view, uh, Bannon is the more important player of him and Forrest Jerry. Forrester is the player who turns uh, a 1-0 win into a 4-0 win, but Bannon is the, the player who turns a 0-0 into a 1-0 win. Um, and we need those... Uh, if we're playing for results next season, which we we still will be, uh, I mean, we, we we aren't as bad as as, as we have looked, um, but um, we may, might not be as good as we, we think we are still um, and remember us being um, in, that, in, in the not-too-distant uh, not too distant past. Um, but uh, what I saw in first year is um, 
he, he is he is that uh, typical uh, unique player that that you need to uh, you, you you essentially need to 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 allow to make some allowances for players like that, and it can sound terribly, um, especially for a Dane from a from a, from a socialist country, saying that we need to make make a. Make allowances for for some players and then and let them let them uh, have different rules than, than others. But but um, there was a very interesting um, uh, interview I read about, about um, Alex Ferguson talking about uh, Kansuna and, uh, and and other players at Manchester United talking about Kansuna when when he was there, and and the the amount of uh, of, of leeway he got in in different uh, sorts. I mean he. There was some problem in training, and I think it's the same with Forrest Jerry. He, he probably can't stop training, so he'd probably be the first guy on the training pitch and the, and the last one leaving. But it's more stuff like if, if he has a hissy fit, I mean, don't make a big scene about it. Don't make, uh, like, discipline him like, like a child, uh, which would do every other player. But you have to, like, with players like that, if you, if you have a player like that, and if you want him to play his best, then you have to, to do, as a club, do what you uh, have to do to make him play his best. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to have a player like that. Um, so that's the decision we have to make, uh, because on his day, obviously he can be he can be the, be the difference for for a team like us. Um, but if if fans and if if you Luokai and, uh, and 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 the club setup is isn't behind the idea that that this is a guy we need to uh, we need to make lounges for, um, then then we might as well sell him um, because he he only thrives in an environment where where he's genuinely loved and and where where he can he can be who he is and and make his mistakes and. And do 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 the stupid stuff he does as well. Um, yeah. And and yeah, that's my. I mean, it's 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 not an easy it's not not an easy thing to 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 say. And and I guess for a lot of us, um, all the uh, all the transfer request stuff uh, from a few years back, those things, um, yeah, and hasn't got hasn't gone. Uh, and you you'll still see people bring that up. So it, that's still still there. But I mean, in my mind, this season is a is. At the very best, most pos- positive, optimistic view is a is a palate cleanser, uh, um, and and then then we're ready for 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 a new season and for a new era, um, for the club. And and if you want first year to be a part of that, and I think we we can't really be uh, well beggars can't be choosers, can they? So so we 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 probably have to uh, to adapt to having a team that can fit a first year into it. Absolutely. Um, a few other quick things to mention off the back of the Reading game. Then, obviously, they did get a man sent off. Um, I'm sure we've watched it back a couple of times. Um, I mean, a, a, maybe a slightly harsh sending off in terms of the fact that it was fairly innocuous, but what a really silly thing for the Reading player to do. It was a sending off. Silly boy, really. I hope that um, he's been given a bit of a slap by his um, by his managers. Other things to mention, um, Connor Kirby making his um, his debut, which is great to see. Um, obviously, I mean, it was the equivalent at that stage of a bit of a pre-season kickabout, uh, but it is some minutes on the pitch for another of our young players, which has got to be um, got to be a good thing. And we'll we'll chat a bit more about the uh, the youth uh, later on. And finally, and most importantly, we actually won a three o'clock Saturday home game before <laughs> the season finished. How embarrassing would it have been to come through the whole season without winning one? So um, I think my overwhelming feeling as we got into the last 10 minutes and it was pretty obvious, you know, we've got this game wrapped up, was I'm just so pleased that I actually managed to go to the pub at, at 10 to 5 on a Saturday afternoon to have a beer after seeing us win. <laughs> yeah, normal normalcy resumed, isn't it? Yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> Um, right then, next thing on uh, on my list to talk about is the uh, Player of the Season Award. Now, we are in kind of award season. We talked about one on the podcast last week, uh, and I can't remember which 
I think it was the wise old owls that uh, picked out their player of the season. There will be lots more announced over the next two or three weeks, but I'm talking here about the official uh, club player of the season um, vote, where very fairly you are able to vote for anyone that has played even for you know a minute of this season, including young Connor Kirby, who came on against Reading. He was on the list as well. Um, I have cast my vote. Have you cast yours, Peter? I have indeed, and I mean that's for me. There's only really one choice: it's Adam Dreech, uh, by by a country mile in my mind. I mean, other players have contributed in, at parts of the season uh, and have been important in parts of the season, uh, not not least uh, at New Year. But but Reach has been. If it hadn't been for Reach, we could easily have been uh, in the relegation zone at this point because he was carrying the team on his shoulders, and it broke him. It has broken him. And he's he's. He he so much needs a rest, but but I mean the, the things he's he's done for this club uh, this season um, and com- coming from that place, I mean the only other player I can think of who's come from being the, the the main target of the Blue Boys and coming back to being a strong player for us is Lewis Buxton, and we have to go that far back to remember a player being because wow. we, we we in my mind anyway. Uh, I mean I remember how how much uh, Buxton got booed at, at the beginning and, and how much people essentially hated him for some reason. Um, but he turned out to be uh, the mainstay of that that era's uh, Winter team, and I think that's what we've seen this season from Reach. He's turned from a from a, a flyer player, someone who has to do stuff going forward, to uh, really being the the linchpin of the team and and uh, the heartbeat of of our team. Um, and that that's you don't get a lot of those players that can transform from 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 one to the other. Um, so yeah. this is a guy who 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 can go places if he's playing, if imagine Reach playing in a good team, I mean, with good players around him uh, for a full season. It's um, it's mouth-watering in, in my view. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've voted for Reach as well, and I can't see that there's any real uh, competition. There will be people that vote for Ati Niu. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, he scored the goals at the time that we needed someone to score the goals. Yeah. Uh, but over the course of the season, I can't, I just can't see that there is any competition for Adam Reach at all. And I actually, I feel quite passionately about this because I, I don't understand why, we, we, we've touched on this on the podcast before, there are still fans that, that don't like Reach, that still think that he's lazy yeah. um, and still give him still give him stick. There's, there's, there's a, a, you know, a group of guys that sit behind me that, that really don't like him. And they've kind of, you know, kind of warmed to maybe, you know, not slagging him off rather than, you know, being complimentary about him over the um, that that period of of games where you know he really dug in. But I think for a player who is essentially still he's still a young player, um, you know, this season he he was the only person that when the going got tough he stood up and uh, he he led the team. We were completely uh, absent of of, of leaders. Um, almost from the top to the bottom of the club, you know, and, and we when we needed someone, Adam Reach did it, and he did it well, and um, I think that the guys had a tremendous season. He's also, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain in in saying that of our, you know, kind of our regular starting lineup, he's the only player that has not missed a game through injury this season yeah, of, I think our, of our main squad, which is. Yeah. You know, for that reason alone, you know, surely the guy deserves to win it just for the fact that whatever he's doing in the gym and in uh, and in training is um, he's doing right. Uh, we'll find out anyway. We'll um, the winner will be announced at the Norwich game a week on um, Sunday, and we'll find out who does win the Adam Reach of the season competition. <laughs> uh, right, let's talk a bit about right. Let's talk transfer policy. Um, because interesting, this it was only a few words, but um, Yoss in his in his pre pre match interview this week 
um, kind of touched upon, gave us a bit of an idea as to what sort of transfer policy he's expecting the club to adopt um, this summer. Now, of course, you know, this is, there's lots of ifs and buts here. We don't know for definite whether Yoss is, is going to be around. Uh, we don't know whether or not this is just his idea, um, but it seems to make sense. So he touched on the fact that it, it's going to be about um, uh, much more emphasis on younger players, so promoting our, our own young players. Um, getting some young players in, possibly on, on, on loan from, from Premier League teams, and then also trying to bring in some players with uh, championship experience. And he, he kind of explicitly talked about British players as well, the importance of bringing in some um, some British players. So you've kind of got four it's kind of distinctly different groups there. You've got our own young players, you've got you know, youth players coming in on, on loan, players with championship experience, British players. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that that is the order of preference, but that seemed to be kind of what he was suggesting. Um, this this links in a little bit, Peter, with stuff that we've talked about before on our um, financial fair play specials with 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 James from from New York, where we've talked a bit about you know what kind of stuff we need to be looking at doing in the um, in the summer to make the books balance and also to keep you know, to give us with a, a chance of being competitive next season. So um, I know it's only a few lines in an interview, but what would be kind of your gut feeling about you know what what Yoss has said here? Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's only a few lines, but it, it's it's quite verbatim. It's it is quite uh, definitive, isn't it? I mean, this is the the quote. The actual quote is, and I, I quote: "This is the way. First, look at our own players in the academy, then the championship, and maybe under 23s from the Premier League clubs, but who maybe don't have a chance for the first team. But maybe the championship is maybe the chance to go further in their own career. I mean, that doesn't get any clearer than this for me." Um, and yeah, he says it's important to, uh, to to go for players who who know the league and know the culture. Um, and and essentially, he's been he's he's saying the same things that both uh, Carvajal did, and uh, and I remember uh, Gary Maxson as well saying he wanted the British players because the new championship. Um, the thing is, though, if if you're going for for players who are proven in the championship, um, there's always the question: if you're proven in the championship and good in the championship, why aren't you playing at a at a higher level? Mm. Um, and we might. have have seen some of that with some of the players we've recruited. That, um, that there's a reason that that they they that they uh, that they on the way from from the clubs there. Um, but I I mean I I've been advocating this uh, for quite a while that we return to 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 younger players and, and it, it's it's by no means a risk-free uh, strategy. It probably introduces more risks than just um, essentially um, being like the uh, proverbial kid, twelve-year-old kid um, buying players you know on, on Football Manager, which is the touch of strategy of the club the last year and a half um it, because I, I can't really see any uh, any alternative uh, and i mean chancery is, is quite uh is, is quite vocal in, in saying he, he won't um he won't try to break ffp and and that means there's a limit to how much we can spend and that means we we're likely to have a, a deficit this summer that we need to cover from from selling players which means the, the resources to recruit new players aren't going to be plentiful um we're looking at a couple of uh, million pounds uh, at most, depending on how many and, and, and for how much we sell uh, players we already have. So it makes absolute sense for me. Um, and I, I was actually saying during the week um, that we should look at, at players, young players released from uh, from the Premier League who, who have a hard time getting uh, game time there. Um, because the squads in the Premier League are getting bigger and bigger. And, and, um, and I, I mean, that's what we did. We've actually been, actually been doing this. Uh, if you go back... Uh, 
to to our first uh, couple of transfer windows on the Chan series, uh, we we players like Pudil and uh, and Forrest Jerry, they were players who who, uh, who had in the space in, in Watford's Premier League squad, so mm-hmm. they they were cheaper to buy, um, and and they were available, and they wanted to move um, and prove themselves. We need players who want to prove themselves. That's that, that's the main thing for me. Um, and you you're a lot more likely to get that from especially academy players, but also players who've been essentially dumped by higher ranking clubs. We want to prove that that was a wrong decision you made there. Um, and how many young players have we released over the years uh, that have gone on to, uh, and none mentioned uh, <laughs> here, but who have gone on to prove themselves uh, at all, all the clubs. So so that, there's no indication that you, getting released by a Premier League club means you're not a good player. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure how much we've been scouting these players or, or how thorough we, we are in that regard. But Lukai seems like a guy who, who's, who's hardworking, who, um, who will... Who will like Carvajal was, who will spend a lot of time uh, at his job and, and probably not do a lot, lot, a lot more uh, other than, than his job. So he'll, be, he, he'll probably at this point know about a lot of players who, who either will be released or, or, or haven't been getting a lot of game time at, at, at Premier League clubs and, and, and Championship clubs. And, I, and he has, it, lo- it looks like he has a good knowledge of, of the players uh, coming through from the academy. Uh, I mean, yeah. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like uh, just a, a token young a young player going into the squad and going into uh, even being substituted onto the pitch. Seems like a, a careful decision which players to, to pick and uh, and especially the uh, the reasoning behind uh, uh, filling uh, Cameron Dawson in, in the last two games. Uh, it seems like he, he's thinking about how you mature a young player into a, a championship um, mainstay. So I'm I'm all, I'm all for it. There's been some fans um, in the past over the last couple of years that have maybe questioned when you know there's players that have gone out on loan from Premier League clubs who've said why have we not gone in for them um, and and you know this this year particularly I'm, I'm not aware of um, other than Jacob Butterfield I don't think we've got anyone in on um, on loan throughout the whole of this this season um, I stand to be corrected on that but I can't think of any other player that we've got on um, on loan is, is there a chance that the fact that now over the course of particularly the second half of this season under uh, Jos that our younger players have had more of a chance does that put us in, in slightly better stead with Premier League clubs looking to loan out their young players or even players that are being released by Premier League clubs who are looking to go somewhere where they feel they're going to get first-team football, which may be evidence suggested in the past um, under uh, under Carlos that, that that wasn't very forthcoming at, at Sheffield Wednesday. But but now the evidence of the last six months, does, does that make us a little bit more um, more of an appeal to these players, do you think? Or is that overanalyzing it? No, I think you're right. I, I remember under Stuart Gray, he um, he actually spoke about uh, sometimes having to, in in inverted commas, um, playing the young players he loaned from from Premier League clubs because it was important to signal to the Premier League clubs that if you loan us this player, he's going to get game time and he's going to get competitive game time in in a, in, in a decent championship championship club. Um, so it's, it's I don't think it's overanalyzing. I think it's important that if you if you compete with these players, uh, the superfluous players essentially of uh, of um, these. I mean, Chelsea loan out something like 40 players, don't they? So, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's and getting to the front of the queue for the best ones, um, it's it's quite important for for a club in our in our position. I mean, the the position we will be in is we won't have a lot of resources, so we have to make the resources we have stretch as, as as far as we can. And loaning players is is one way to do it. But I'd, I'd much much rather prefer uh, signing uh, release players on, on full contracts because then you have them for for a couple of seasons at least until then. Um, until you, you you sell them on, because the other point I, I think is important in this is one thing is promoting young players from our academy and, and getting them from other clubs. Um, 
but if this strategy is going to work, then we'll have to, um, well, then we'll have to to keep a flow of them. I mean, selling them two, three, four years down the line when they've proven themselves and when they, when the transfer value has has gone up uh, a lot. Um, and I mean, yeah, yes, you could, could keep hold of them, but if you get a really good offer and 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 that the, the money you get in, you can you can use for 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 two or three players um, of the same quality sometimes. I mean, the hype that goes on about young British players. Uh, and the and the extra value you play for for pay for sorry um, pay for British players, I mean it's it could also be uh, transfer and fi- finances wise be be a wise strategy and it's essentially the strategy that um, that Brentford are, Brentford are using. Yeah. They've, they've abolished their academy, but they they look to the best released players and and the players who are being released by Premier League clubs know that Brentford well first of all it's in London so they'll have a big catchment area. Of, of Premier League clubs, and and the other point is that uh, these players will know if I go to Brentford, I'm going to be at a club that plays a nice brand of football, and they're going to trust me and they're going to play me um, as a young player, and and that's also important. Um, I find the the only thing that I'd raise is a not a fear about about this, but um, what what kind of springs to my mind, I, I, I guess, and it's it's slightly interesting that that on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, through the uh, through my day job, I was producing a, a radio show that involved a, a panel of Barnsley FC fans talking about their current predicament and sort of you know impending, barring something of a miracle, relegation to, um, to 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 League One. And what I found quite interesting is that there was a lot of people complaining about the club selling you know their best players in the January transfer mm. window and then bringing in unproven players as as replacements. I kind of feel like Brentford are the only club where the fans understand and buy into their transfer policy. And the reason I say that is I, I would be worried if, if Sheffield Wednesday moved to a position whereby we, you know, we try to attract young players, we develop them over two, three seasons and look to sell them on for a profit. I think that's a, a, a good policy and it's proven to be a good policy for, for a few clubs in the Football League, Brentford being the most uh, obvious of those. You think it's a good policy. Our fan base as a whole... I think would think, well, why are we selling our best players? We shouldn't be doing it. Uh, and how do you think it's possible f- to, to kind of win over a fan base to see that that's actually can be a successful strategy? Because uh, if if Barnsley fans don't get it, I'm not sure that Sheffield Wednesday fans will get it. Definitely true. Um, and some of the uh, some of the reactions to 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 the young players coming in and and when they make a mistake on the pitch, I mean. I, I can still remember. It's it's still sits in me the uh, the ironic booing of uh, Wildsmith at uh, at QPR uh, yeah, yeah. because I, I was at that game as well. Um, it's still that that still stings, um, and it reminds reminded me that um, some of the stuff that you hear in the stands uh, at Hillsborough as well during games when when the young players make mistakes, not just the young players but the young players as well. It's a toxic environment. It can be at Hillsborough if things aren't going well. I mean, where it's. If things are going well, it's the best place in the world to be for a player, probably. But if things are going badly, that that, that weight of the crowd turns to to uh, to a big mental weight on the players, and it 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 means we've we've broken players in the past. We definitely have um, uh, mentally, uh, and it, it and uh, it it will it will require a lot of us as a fan base to essentially see that you're playing a player who might not be on the day the best player, or the one of the best eleven players that you're playing. But you're playing this player because you know if I play him now, then in ten games' time, if we get him ten games, he's going to be better than the other guy I could have picked, uh, the guy I could have picked. So it's it involves a lot more reflection, and and I mean some parts of the the fan base that might not be forthcoming. Um, 
and it, it might lead to uh, to some saying, why can't we just buy our way out of it? But but I mean, it, that might be a, a silver lining to to all the FFP stuff and and, and the financial uh, uh, constraints and problems we we do have. That we have a good argument that says, well, there aren't any other way than, than trying to reduce costs and uh, and and trying to introduce young players uh, who we can get into can get into the club at a at a low value and a low wages, and then build their career and sell them on for for um, for a good price. Um, because I mean, a team like Barnsley, it's, it, they, they, if they had a benefactor, they wouldn't have to. And they have been taken over recently, so so they have uh, they should have resources now, but. But we, as a club, we have such a big loss that we, we will have to reduce that by selling players. And, and there are several championship clubs who do that, um, that keep a floor of players, which means they can, they, which mean they can, they can, they can have a, a larger wage bill than, than they would otherwise be able to have, and, and also raise funds for, for buying the players at, at, at lower prices. And, and just to get to the, the, the Barnsley Pence point, the best time to sell a player is actually in the January window because that's where the uh, the transfer values tend to be higher. Uh, there was an, an, an analysis about this um, uh, a while back, uh, which shows I think it's something about 10, 15 percent higher transfer fees in January than than other times of the year. Um, so if you plan ahead, again, if you plan two, three transfer windows ahead, then you should be ready to say, okay, we might be able to, we, we might be in a situation where we sell this player in in, in a January window. But we already have his replacement. Um, best of all, we already had already have a young player at the club who can replace him in time um, within a few months after he's he, the other guy has been sold. Or we we know a transfer target we can get in uh, at, a, at a lower price that that will in time be be as good or better than, uh, than than the guy we're selling. That's the sort of thinking the club needs to get into, and we do as well as fans. But uh, I t- I totally agree. It it, it will. Can create some uh, some fissures in, in in the fan base um, and and some people um, reacting negatively because we've had it quite easy in the last few years in that we've essentially bought ready-made players um, and 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 we're not in that spot anymore. I I feel anyway because if you buy a ready-made player now, then then that's that's your whole transfer budget gone, yeah. um, and we need to make it stretch further because we have to replace um, quite a few of the players we have at the club at the moment. In my mind, anyway. While we're on the uh, the subject of, uh, of of youth in particular, then um, so let's start with the positives when we talk about our our current kind of uh, youth situation, academy situation. Good news this week: Ash Baker signing a new uh, contract. I think we've seen him for a little bit of a game this season. I can't think which one it is, but I'm sure he's come on for a bit of a game this um, this season. But um, he's been given uh, a new contract. He wasn't involved with the under 23s game today, which suggests that he could well be in the squad for the uh, the Wolves game at the weekend, which um, I think is quite exciting. We are uh, a bit light on that kind of right-hand side, so um, it'd be great if he got a bit of um, game time for that. The other positive, uh, the under-18s, uh, beating Huddersfield, well, I mean, it was it was a bit of a script result, this. They, they, they just about managed to... Um, to, to, to push Huddersfield aside, 10-1 was the uh, the final score for the under-18, so uh, well done to to them. Um, unfortunately, not quite as positive news for the under-23s, who, um, as we talk now on Friday evening, earlier today, uh, they played in their last game of the season at home to Burnley, where they needed a point to uh, retain, I'm going to say championship, and it's not quite the right phrase because you don't really... You finish top of the league, you don't really win the championship in the, um, I think it's Premier Development 2 uh, league. 
where the top two teams qualify for the playoffs in the northern section to play against the southern section and, and whatnot. Obviously, we won the, the whole thing uh, last year. Some very strange situation this time around, whereby if we drew or won our final game of the season today, then we finished top of the league. But if we lost, we finished third in the league. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we did lose that game at home today to um, to Burnley 2-1. So um, not the end of the season that the under-23s would, would want. But still, I think on the back of... Last year, where we we did win the uh, the playoffs, um, you know, really uh, really positive that again they've been in with a shout and literally you know half an hour away from um, from finishing top of that um, top of that league again. Now this leads me on to another subject, which Peter, I'm hoping you can probably shed a little bit more light on this than than I kind of know from what I've spotted this week because um, talking about player development and and whatnot, there's been a suggestion this week that um, Sheffield Wednesday as a club has taken out some kind of loan in order to get the next part of the development of the training facilities at Middlewood Road um, underway. Is that is that about right? Is that is that where we're at? Yeah, I'm not, probably not the right guy to ask. It seemed like on Twitter there were some guys, including uh, uh, our friend James Allen, uh, who knew more, more about it. But um, I only spotted it because I've signed up for uh, for updates from the uh, from company's house when they do updates on on Show Wednesday when they get new documents in. And there was a document saying that we'd taken out a mortgage um, to um, to do some sort of. Um, um, yeah, pay some some bills for for builders company, and then then I put that on Twitter, and, and there was a few guys and uh, James included who who replied that there was this was the final part of some re- redevelopment we were doing, um, and and I yeah when we were doing the FFP podcast, I was uh, I was quite critical about the lack of uh, club infrastructure investment, but this shuts me up, doesn't it? Uh, I mean we we're doing it, it seems. Um, I've no idea about the uh, this, the size of the investment or anything, but it. Any investment in the training route uh, is a positive um, because, yeah, it it, it needs it needs re- redevelopment. Um, I've seen recently that QPR have spent something like was it 40 million pounds, I think, on building a complete new academy and training ground uh, complex um, for, for for their club. Um, and and we, we're not going to go to, to those uh, extents, but I mean, it it, it does show perhaps uh, again something I've been critical of before. Uh, that we we're not investing in in the infrastructure of, of the club's future. Uh, that we might be switching towards that, and that might be part of a, a, a whole new reorientation of the of the club towards um, more focus on on bringing players through and and getting younger players in from the academy and and, and, and other clubs and and developing them at our own club and and perhaps even selling them on uh, for for a big profit. So yeah, I mean, uh, on on the surface, it, it's uh, it's a good development. Um, and I think if if you go to um, if you go to my Twitter anyway and, and find the tweet about it, uh, there's some replies there where you can learn more about it if you want to learn more about it. I think it's called Modulek or something like that. Uh, the, uh, the, the 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 installment we've we've had made. It sounds like a medical center and um, and some fitness uh, areas or something like that. But again, it's a we're good in definite need of both, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> little doubt little about that. Yeah. I mean, our fitness, our medical department this season has really been um, been the guy in uh, in in uh, in uh, and Quest for the Holy Grail, saying, "Bring out your dad, bring out your dad." <laughs> so, I mean, it, it'll be nice to have a proper fitness strategy in the medical department in place, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. On on the subject of um, of, of injuries. Um, it's normal this time of the podcast that we do an injuries update, which is uh, normally takes up probably the majority of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, this week only one new injury, which is um, Jack Hunt, 
who we know he's he's out for the last couple of games of the uh, of of the season. We're at the stage where it's it's of no massive um, consequence and sounds like nothing too serious. So he will definitely be fit for um, for for for, for pre season. Um, now, while we're on the subject of uh, injuries. Uh, I noticed your your Twitter's been quite busy over the last couple of days with um, various uh, graphs and, and analysis and all kind of things to do with the effect that uh, our injuries have had on our season. Now, this I found this quite quite interesting. I know there's been a few people that have um, you know maybe taken a bit of, of 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 disagreement with it, who maybe don't like football by graphs or or whatever it might be. Um, but there's 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 definitely something in this, isn't there? Uh, yeah, uh, essentially what I was doing is, is quite simple, really, when you brought it down. What I've been doing, really, is, is trying to tally up, um, taking, a, taking our squad and looking at, um, for each match, which of the players were injured, and then assigning them the value 1 if they're injured and the value 0 if they, they weren't. And then comparing it to um, to the points per game we had uh, at that point, uh, after that game, um, so you can see how, how one affects the other, so to speak. And what the graph shows really is that we, we, we until about the um, the Brentford Homer game, we, we were doing quite well in the uh, points per game accumulated. And at that point, we only had about four injuries. But then we t- tailed off. Um, but it wasn't until uh, around the uh, the Wolves home game um, and around Christmas that we, we had uh, an increase in injuries. So we went to about eight, nine injuries. And then um, then it just increased from then on. And we, we've been at a level of, of about nine, ten injuries for um, for. for from from that point forward, um, right about from around the Burton game, we've been um, the Burton home game, the, the terrible Burton home game. We've been we've been at a, on on or around ten um, uh, ten injuries um, for each game. But the interesting thing for me is our form tailed off a lot of a hell, a hell of a lot further uh, earlier than than um, than, the, than the injuries um, uh, of the players. Yeah. Um, because it, it was around really, the, if you look at it that way, the, the, the season really broke apart uh, around the, uh, the home derby. Um, yeah. That's it's hard to, to escape that. And at that point, we only had in, in inverted commas, we only had about five injuries. Um, and that has been. I, I mean, I'm, I'm possibly surprised uh, at the the amount of replies I've had because yeah, it's just a, a boring uh, Excel geek putting out the graph this, and I, I thought it, most people would just think, okay, this is just a graph. What what the hell? But a lot of people have replied and, and questioned it and stuff like that. And, and to be honest, some some can be a bit um, can be a bit uh, irrational in the response, but most have been 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 really good in that. It makes me think about what I've been done and and makes me uh, most of the questions I can 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 answer, but. It 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 uh, it's always good to have, to have people question what you do because then what you do the the, the conclusions you make get stronger if you get questioned. But there's a, there's a high correlation between. I mean, one of the points I had raised was it's not about the number of players injured, but what players injured, and that's of course that's mm-hmm. the case. But if you look at it that way, if you take like out a a, um, a group of players that uh, we know are important to uh, to the team, um, and I've taken the group uh, Westwood, Hunt, Fanakin, Lee. Fletcher, Bannon, Lawrence, Hooper, Lee, uh, sorry, that's Lee twice, uh, Lee, so to say, Reed, Hodgson, and uh, Forrest Jerry. Uh, if you take that group of players, it, um, the graph is, is, is the same. I mean, when, when more of those get injured, more of all our players get injured. So it's not really the case that, that um, what the graph is, is not, is not really, um, you can't really escape the conclusion that, um, that, that we, we tailed off even when our good players weren't injured. So it's not just this season and how we got here, um, finishing lower uh, mid-table, is not just about injuries. Um, it, it 
looks like it's something else as well. And I know, uh, know uh, our friends at, uh, on, on Ours America have, have touched us on, on this as well, uh, that, that there seem to be mental issues as well with the squad, um, certainly early in the season. Um, so, so that's really the point I was trying to make is that um, if you look at it from, from a pure uh, uh, statistical view of po- viewpoint, then, then it's hard to find any, any support for the conclusion that injuries was the reason our, our season uh, wasn't very good. Because even if we hadn't had the injuries, we, it's highly unlikely we would be anywhere near top two, which was the aim for this season. Um, there's no two ways about it. Chinchiri wanted top two this season, and Carvajal said, we're going for top two. There's no question that's what we went for. But we, the reason we, we, we're off that target isn't injuries, uh, isn't just injuries, I should say. It's also something else that, yeah, we can debate that for a long time. Um, but yeah. Do you think that we can... Um... In some ways, the fact that we can sort of blame it a bit on injuries might be a good thing, yeah. because at least then it means we can truly, you know. I mean, I've, I, I you know, I listened to you talking there. I, I've obviously seen some of the debate on Twitter, and, and I just find myself wanting to reply, just saying, one more week, and we never need to mention this season again. Like we can, we can just complete, <laughs> we can just burn it. Right? It is a witch. It needs to be burnt, um, <laughs> and you know, forget about the fact that it ever ever happened. Quite gladly. Um, the fact that you know injuries came along at a time when, and you're quite right, you know we we were we, we were on a, a downward spiral, and it did look like you know team spirit was was down, uh, you know relationship between um, fans and players, fans and manager was 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 poor, um, but you know we changed the manager around the time we changed the manager, suddenly you know the injuries really started kicking in, and we've you know we've we've fumbled our way through the season we've you know i wouldn't say we've escaped relegation by the skin of our teeth because we've you know we've kind of pulled through quite comfortably in the end Mm. um but the fact that the injuries came along when they did allows us in some ways just to say well let's just put this one down to injuries let's brush the rest of it under the carpet and let's just forget about it and that's kind of i feel like that's probably the best solution in this in this instance that we probably don't need to try and figure out what exactly that problem was. We just hope that it's gone away in the meantime. Yeah, that's what that's definitely one way of uh, looking at it, uh, and I can definitely relate because it is. Yeah, I think the witch uh, analogy is, is quite apt in in this sense. But we also need to learn, so we don't. I mean, if you make a mistake and something goes wrong, you need to examine why it went wrong. Because uh, if you don't do that, you can end up doing the mistake and, and doing doing the wrong thing again. Um, and that's essentially yeah. what we had to do. And I mean, for me anyway, this is a further claim that you need to have uh, different backup players than the ones we have, um, because we, we the, the backup players we had were essentially not hungry players uh, when they came into the team. A lot of them, um, and and they weren't they weren't players on the way up. A lot of them, um, and that's perhaps again to go back to the point we talked about earlier about the uh, getting the young players into the team. Um, that's maybe one takeaway that if you, I mean, you can't guard yourself against the injury cards of the, of the scope we've had. I, I can't even, it's only like Germany in, in, in the 2002 World Cup, I can remember, uh, having more players injured uh, in, in, in such a short time of, uh, uh, such a uh, short space of time that, that we have. Um, you can't guard yourself against that, but I mean, we need to have better backup players. Uh, that's what this season has shown anyway. Um, and it's not, you don't need to have backup players. We, we won't be having backup players who can, who can compete for, for if, if they all have to play, who can compete for, for, for the playoffs. But they, they need to be better than, than a team scrapping for, 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 um, for enough points to avoid relegation. 
uh, anyway. Um, so that's one takeaway um, for, for me anyway. Um, and but I I agree. I've, I've I mean most can't wait for this season to be over, and and, and who can blame them? Burn the witch. Burn the witch. Whether you're celebrating a birthday, a wedding, or anniversary. Maybe you've passed your driving test or you've landed a new job. Well, whatever your reason for a party, the Riverside Cafe is the perfect location on Catchbar Lane overlooking Hillsborough Stadium. To inquire about hiring us for your function, call 07989 856 054 or 01423 6121. Some other news then that's come out of um, Hillsborough this week, and uh, there's been a fair few bits and bobs happening. Um, so, second first season tickets have gone back on sale. Now, um, I must confess, I can't can't really um, offer any um, opinion, comment, or anything on this because I read the uh, the news story that appeared on the club website, and I followed the link, and I couldn't find the prices anywhere other than there was someone that had, had, had tweeted a screenshot of the fact that it's seven hundred and five pound for um, the season, which I'm guessing is just the standard adult price on the south stand. Um, oh. Which you know seems expensive when you know li- library ad- library admission these days I think is less than um, less than that and is you know probably a little bit noisier in a library than um, than it is in the south. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'd, uh, do, do you think uh, genuine point here? You know, the season tickets went on sale at a time when the chips were really down and we would you know we weren't staring relegation in the face, but even the most optimistic of fans had to say this could you know it could become a reality and i remember when we recorded the second of the ffp specials and we had to do that section of what if we go down and what effect that has uh, and that put the kind of the fear of god into me and you just kind of think i just hope to god it doesn't happen when when the first first season tickets went on sale we were in the midst of that you know kind of like that that dawning reality that this this could yet happen this could yet end up being a seriously bad season the last few games, real positivity about the place. Could this be the right time for season tickets to go back on, on sale? Do you think we'll see like a spike in, in 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 sales off the back of two or three good results now? Um, I think the 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 people who, who'll be encouraged and be optimistic about us now, are the people who, have the mental toughness to uh, to also renew their season ticket when when the chips are down. Ah, fair to enough. Be honest. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's there's also the communication thing about this. In my view, it 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 could it could say something positive about the club that they they essentially reduce the prices um, or do some offers or whatever. Um, and I mean, there's, there's there might be actually a a, a branding strategy in in, in saying that um, we're going to focus on youth in the team now. We also going to focus on youth in uh, among the fans and. And have some great family deals, um, so so uh, so so people can families can bring their, their kids to the games without um, having to um, to spend a, a large proportion of the of the, the wages doing so. I mean, like targeted groups that you you offer some discounts for, or that you that you essentially communicate to, saying we, we need you at the club, please um, p- please come forward. <laughs> um, that might be a way, but I mean, it won't. The other point is we need the money in the club, but it's it's not like it's not like a, a price differential of fifty pounds or seventy pounds is going to make or break the club financially. It's it's going to be five figure sums that that uh, that that change because of that. Um, 
so so I mean it, it's for me it's would be pro- quite free for for the club to to embrace some of the uh, the um, um, some of the, the optimism that you say is, is, is has come back and 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 again say to targeted groups of, of fans um, this is your chance to 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 buy a season for next season and 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 back up this new strategy we have the club um, if you you can. You can develop a narrative around it anyway, if you, if you wanted to. I'm, I'm, as you can hear, I'm far from a branding expert or anything, but uh, if even I can come up with uh, with stupid stuff like that, then then I, I imagine there are more qualified people at the club that that can uh, can can hash something together and uh, and perhaps even increase sales or at least increase awareness about um, the deals that that, uh, that that they're putting in place. Uh, good to see this week that the club have been uh, awarded again the uh, Family Excellence Award, uh, which is uh, which is great. And I have got to mention, I'm going to I'm going to try and say this as a positive thing. Um, great that the club for the first time did the um, the family fan zone, uh, which <laughs> in the, in the glorious sunshine that we had on um, on 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 Saturday. A slight shame that they didn't bother publicising in advance that it was only for uh, for for families. I was one James. of uh, quite 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 a few fans um, who were turned away due to the fact that I didn't have uh, a child uh, with me. So I, I I took myself elsewhere to buy um, to buy my um, to buy my beer. Did Did you ever see anyone else get turned away though for that reason? Uh, yeah, there were um, there were there were a couple of uh, a couple of people actually tweeted me afterwards saying that they were like stood next to me at the time and they were turned away um, as well. It seems like okay. some people were let in after kind of pushing the um, pushing the issue. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, I have absolutely no objection to them making it a family area if if that's what they want to do. My point is just publicize it in advance and also you know when when you advertise it saying it's a fan zone and it's a licensed bar um, and it has street food stalls that doesn't shout family event to be nope. so um i don't know bit bit weird a slight communication issue on the uh, on the club side not a biggie just you know next time bother telling people if they're not going to get in and then you know we'll go somewhere else and, and and spend our money there if that's um if that's the way it's going to be i mean it's the the, the fan zone idea is, is brilliant um yeah it, re- it really kicked off in in, in 2006 didn't it in, in germany at the world cup um where you'd have people um, in the central central squares of the german cities uh gathering ahead of the games and it was the same and i went to euro um euro uh 2000 um what's it now 2016 sorry um and, and it was the same there you had fan zones as well which which really worked well um and i mean I don't see the reason to create a separate fa- uh, family zone. I mean, the, the family stand and the family enclosure is, is in the south stand, so you probably yeah. do something over there, uh, really, if you wanted to, and you could have like a separate family area before the game, and then you have a, a, a full-on adult uh, <laughs> fan zone, uh, which could also be done in, in the uh, in the vacant lot um, uh, on the other side of the road, to be honest, of the of the club shop. There's lots, lots of space. I mean, Hillsborough Park is, is another option. You could set up a, a fan zone yeah. there. I've been saying for years a fan zone in Hillsborough Park would be, uh, yeah, be great. Brilliant. And then you, know, you could have like a mini Owls in the Park type thing for, mm. for every game. You know, you could have like yeah, a little, exactly. you know, Owls in the Park, it's... you've got kind of the bar area, which is, yeah. you know, adults only. Um, and then you've got kind of like the kids stuff, people kicking footballs around and stuff all the way around. Yeah. So it kind of suits everyone. You know, it's, kids, it's aren't, kids aren't fans of licensed bars. You know, if oh. if it's going to be a family thing, you don't really need a licensed bar in it. Um, and when the weather's really nice, as it was on um, on on Saturday, you're going to get a lot of fans who are going to go and have a beer somewhere that are going to go. Yeah. Well, actually, I'd like to spend it with the uh, with with the club. I'd like to 
you know, yeah. give give the club that little bit of uh, of money. And if you've got a an avenue to to, to do that, I, th- I think it's a bit strange to not want to, you know, maximise that as a as a revenue stream. But um, yeah, they did say beforehand it was a bit of a test, so we'll you know we'll see which direction they um, they're going with um, with with that particular thing. But um, you know, it's got to be you know, for a club, it's definitely a positive um, a positive Very move forward. So. Um, yeah. Now, right, Peter, we've reached a certain point of the podcast now. <laughs> Where I have to phrase a particular question. You might be expecting it. Can we talk about Wolves Away? First, I have to say, I really hate the fact this has become my thing. Of all the things that could become my thing, flipping Wolves Away um, has been it. I've had, I've had quite a few tweets and stuff from people this week about it. Like, you know, I think people think that I genuinely look forward to Wolves Away and don't realise I hate the place. It's an awful away day. And it all came about because of the fact that we, we a week before we were playing in the Championship playoffs, we started a game with Vincent Sasso and Michael Turner as our central defenders <laughs> and got ripped apart by Wolves. Anyway, we've put all that to bed. Let's talk about um, Wolves. Penultimate game of the, um, uh, of the season. It always seems to be our last away game. Wolves. It always seems to come around late on in the season. Anyway, um, I kind of feel like the team selection for this is sort of potluck. Like, we just don't really know. You would think that probably probably Jordan Rhodes will get another another start. He seems to have done quite well the last couple of games. But beyond that, he, yeah, can, can, can you see any particular surprises? Do you think there'll be any young players that get kind of thrown in for this one? Yeah, I could, um, especially with the, the comments about Cameron Dawson and wanting to give him yep, time yep, to experience. Yep. It makes a lot of sense to, and Wolves are a really good team, so it's, it's we're not expected to win, are we? It's, it's a promotion uh, celebration and championship uh, celebration, isn't it? So yes. it's uh, absolutely no expectations whatsoever. So it's a good, it's a really good opportunity to blot some youngsters. And I mean, one on each chain of the of, uh, of the of the pitch would probably make sense. Um and and that's four youngsters are playing uh, instead of. Uh, uh, I mean the 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 young Bulgarian he was playing today wasn't he uh, in the yeah. on twenty three so he's not probably not going to be selected but um, but we we have there's been a number of, of young uh, players involved with the with the squad and, and on on the substitute bench that that I think should should start the game um, and see how it goes uh, I mean if you lose I mean if you lose five nil or whatever it it doesn't really matter because we were expected to lose three nil so it's yeah, yeah. it it's. It's essentially, uh, it's even more so than it was uh, back then with the playoffs. It's even more so a, 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 just a total non-game, um, which we seem to have a few of. I mean, playing Reading and then playing Wolves as well afterwards. Oh dear, uh, it's just <laughs> Wolves away, sorry. It's just uh, two misnomer games completely, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, what, I mean, what do you reckon? Them playing, you know, obviously they are confirmed as as champions yeah. now. Um, yeah. However, they're on you know ninety something points. They're in, mm. in with a chance of finishing on more than a hundred points for 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 the yeah. season. Um, does it suit us? Will their eye be off the ball? Will there be you know kind of party mode, and it gives us a chance to um, uh, to kind of you know uh, kind of steal three points from it or? Are they just going to be a bit too good? Um, I think back on the uh, the Watford game when uh, Newhill scored that uh, injury time equaliser. Mm. Uh, I was at, I was at that game, and it was similar in the t- in this in the uh, in the sense anyway that there was a championship at stake, but promotion had already been decided. Um, I mean, championship isn't not on the, isn't isn't at stake for for Wolves at this, this at this game, but 
you could see from from how Watford played that day that they they didn't think they had to do much because we weren't that good and um, and you can see Wolves thinking the same. But if you look at the games the Wolves have played this season, um, I've, I've not seen that much of them. But when I've seen them, it's it they remind us a bit of of like a, a premium version version of us under Carlos um, in that they they can play in the first or second gear for 75, 80 minutes and then they'll just step the tempo up really high for 10 minutes and blow a team away for uh, for 10 minutes and score two or three goals and then that that's it and then just um, play pedestrian football for for the rest of the game and, and see it out because um, that's what they, they can do both things um, but I mean they will probably be playing with uh, with freedom as well uh, which could suit them uh, they've had they will have been playing under pressure this season um, uh, especially early on and 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 it can go both ways both Go both ways when you when you when the pressure's up. You can you can take your arm off the ball as you say, but but you could also see um, players just playing for the for the fun of it and the joy of it, uh, as we were talking about for Siri uh, earlier. Um, so th- yeah, I mean the chances of winning at Wolves away are definitely higher uh, in this sort of context than if uh, they were still um, in Cardiff's or Fulham's uh, situation, having to 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 win the game to to be certain of promotion. So we we might actually do something, and and we've actually done well in games where we've not had any pressure, and um, which to be uh, to be a bit pricklish, um, perhaps tells you something about the mental character of uh, of the squad we have at the moment that performing under pressure isn't isn't really their forte, um, and if we ever want to get promoted, we'll have to build a squad that can perform under pressure as well, and not just when the pressure's off, because we've done well in some of the games against the good teams. Uh, away from home, uh, Villa uh, being one uh, one example of that. Um, so I, I could I could yeah, this game could be anything, couldn't it? It's uh, it's 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 quite hard to say what what uh, what team we set out and what team yeah. will set out as well. I'm not going to ask you for a prediction because I think it's almost impossible it's, yeah. to um, to 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 call. What I am going to ask you, Peter, is. Um, Completely off the subject of Sheffield Wednesday, but I'm going to touch on our other shared love, uh, which is St. Pauli over in Germany, who are uh, right in the middle of a of a relegation scrap. Do you think that they're going to get out of it, or do you think it's going to be uh, a relegation playoff for St. Pauli? Um, well, there are actually a section of fans at St. Pauli, which is interesting. That that thing playing in the even playing in the second Bundesliga is is a bit um, too mainstream. Who actually yeah. like going to crummy places like the uh, uh, German equivalent of uh, Accrington Stanley and, and stuff like that? So, so some of them would actually feel it would be nice to go to uh, to the, the yeah. third league. I heard Again. some of them saying that last time I was over there. Actually, yeah, yeah. Weeks back. It's 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 just a it's just a weird football club, isn't it? But it's you can't help loving it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I think. They'll probably go to playoff and then win the playoff reluctantly and 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 then. Reluctantly play for uh, for for next season in the second Bundesliga. <laughs> you you remind me in the middle of all that about um, the one really uh, brilliant thing about I mentioned earlier on about uh, producing the radio show where where it was the Barnsley fans kind of chatting in between bits where we were we were recording. They spontaneously broke out into a chorus of the song that was apparently doing the rounds in the away end when they were at Nottingham Forest the night before, uh, which is Accrington Stanley, we're coming for you. Um, <laughs> and my respect for Barnsley grew yeah. just a little bit 
in that um, in in that minute. Uh, right, that's going to bring us to a close for uh, for the Wednesday week for uh, for this week. Uh, PT, you mentioned earlier on about a couple of things that you've uh, tweeted about. If anyone does want to track down your um, your your Twitter, uh, what is your username? It's at P L O E H M A N N P Loman. Um, yeah, and uh, yes, as you said, I've put out a few tweets this week and have over the past couple of months as well. Uh, and I'll probably continue to do so when the season's finished, looking at the, some of the numbers. And just to put some uh, misunderstandings aside, I'm not a guy who looks at the numbers and think I found the truth. Uh, I'm by nature a quite doubtful guy. Um, so I just like to examine evidence and try to look at like things from, uh, from, from different points of view and try to get, get wise on subjects. So there's no definite truth in stats and numbers I'm not, I'm, 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 I'll never say that uh, but I think it's an interesting way to, to debate something uh, rather than having people say they, they, they saw something in the game and that others didn't see and, and stuff like that so I like having that debate and, and trying to qualify the debate which I feel is what I'm doing I'm not trying to, to settle the debate I'm just trying to qualify it um, so if you want to have your debate qualified <laughs> as, uh, as it is you, you could uh, do worse than probably looking at my, at my Twitter and, uh, and seeing some of the numbers and, and again as I've said of some on the FFP podcast as well. Um, if you have any stats-related qu- queries, uh, want to find out here are, here's some some stats and how has this player done compared to this player and stuff like that, just send me a tweet and, and I'll probably look into it because I quite like um, selling, uh, looking at some of those um, questions. Brilliant, Peter. Thank you very much for uh, for your company on the uh, on the podcast this this evening. Um, if you um, if you want to get hold of me, you can get me on Twitter at James Marriott. You can find the podcast at TWWcast and all the links to our other pages on the website at thewednesdayweek.co.uk. Um, thank you for your company this evening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Pleasure. Where. Um, well, I mean, the question I'll be posing will be, hopefully, can we talk about winning at Wolves Away? That'd be good. There's <laughs> a chance here, a great save, a turner from McClare. Mike Hunt, a terrific goal by Shannon. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.